Welcome to the Sip and Soul podcast. My name's Angie Lightnecker, transformational coach, self-development junkie, network marketing advocate. For over a decade, I've been obsessed with the power of human potential and realized that the recipe is the same whether you're four or 104. In this show, you'll learn the recipe for living your best life through Posy Vibes and a Soulful Tribe. So grab a cup, let's fill yours up. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sip and Soul podcast. And today I have Kate DaCosta here. So full transparency, we connected, what, a month or two ago. We were on the phone just chatting and learning about each other. And I'm like, will you share everything you shared with me with the guests from the podcast? (laughs) Because it was so good. So welcome, Kate. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Angie. And it's just, we had such a lovely conversation. I can't wait to continue it. Yeah. Ditto, ditto. So Kate is an integrative nutrition health coach and a master esthetician with over 20 years of experience in the spa and wellness industry. But as we chatted about, you recognize from your own mental health and digestive issues how important nutrition and stress management are. So today she's going to share a little bit about that with all of us. And also, we're going to have a real talk about mental health. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So happy you're here. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, for me, uh, this 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 topic is really near and dear to my heart. I um, was diagnosed with bipolar two in my early twenties after um, my ex boyfriend, um, you know, basically took his life, and I found him, and it it just kind of catapulted me into this whole obviously trauma-driven uh world and I I my parents and I got a lot out of uh this organization called NAMI which is um the North the I think it's the Alliance for Mental Illness um it's just it it really was helpful for uh, my parents to deal with like to know how to deal with me and what was going on with me because they were kind of at a loss that's not something that they normally that they've had to deal with with any of their other kids. So um, in order to best support me, um, because I was going in and out of mental hospitals during, you know, the ensuing year, just because uh, it was, you know, such a traumatizing experience for me that um, they needed help, needing help, you know, trying to help me. And so, um, you know, I, I really think that it's important to, um, kind of utilize all the tools that you can in order to keep yourself um, sane and working optimally and um, living your best life. I think that incorporating diet and nutrition and a healthy lifestyle is really important. Um, when I notice for myself, when I don't eat well, my mood suffers, you know, my sleep suffers, I'm crankier. And come to find out, um, the end of my 20s, after having a series of major (laughs) gastrointestinal issues that, um, you know, the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And so I did an elimination diet and figured out that I have uh, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And I also am sensitive to oats and corn and some other things. And those are (laughs) in pretty much everything we eat. Um, So, you know, learning how to deal with that and removing it actually it got to the point where i i 
was, um, you know, seeing a different therapist at the time. And she was like, I don't think you're bipolar. I actually don't have that down in your diagnosis for me personally. And, you know, you are reacting how a normal person would in certain situations. And I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe I don't need to be on, you know, I was heavily medicated for over a decade for the mood disorder and for anxiety and taking Valium every night to fall asleep. And then, you know, a mood stabilizer during the day. And just, um, it really took a toll on my liver, which, um, you know, I'm still kind of dealing with the after effects of all of that to this day. But when she told me that it was kind of, I was like, maybe I don't need to be on medication for the rest of my life. Maybe there's something more to this. And so I knew um, I wanted to have kids and being on the medications I was on, it's kind of not necessarily the best in the class that they were in um, to be pregnant and taking them. But if obviously you have to, then that's what you do. But I was like, mm, maybe I should try this out before I have kids to see how crazy I get without them. And lo and behold, with having a good diet and not eating foods that were inflaming my digestive tract and my ultimately my whole body, I, I didn't have the crazy mood swings. I did have to relearn how to regulate myself just because being on the medication kind of took that edge off. Um, so I did have, you know, I worked with a therapist and um, did talk a lot in therapy about how and learning tools of how to, you know, okay, count to 10 and like other ways that I can kind of uh, pull myself back when I feel myself getting a little too aggravated or frustrated or angry or anything like that. Um, and also learning to take care of myself, going for walks, recognizing when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed has been super helpful. Um, and something that I still incorporate to this day. I mean, I go for walks as much as I can almost every day, maybe not so much in the winter time, just because I live in New England and the weather here is a little iffy. But, um, you know, on my Instagram page, I'm always like in my stories, I'm always like, have you been outside today? And it's just, you know, kind of connecting with nature, getting outside, recognizing that it's not that, that you're not the only person or thing in the world and also being surrounded by beautiful things, you know, a bird chirping or, you know, the, the breeze blowing in the trees, just little things like that, that kind of boost your, your moods and stuff. Um, I really like to kind of bring that to people because those are things that I found helpful for myself. Yeah, extremely, uh, this is an extremely common conversation here, you know, about uh, really just harnessing your internal power and, and living from the inside out versus always, you know, living from the outside in and trying to fix the effect oftentimes versus fixing the cause. And after we spoke the last time, I was like, oh my gosh, like this girl, she has like owned all of it. Like you have really been through a lot of adversity and you have learned how to really just live from the inside out and to take radical self-care. And I remember the last time we spoke, you were talking even just about corn and like various <laughs> things and how impactful those are. So can you unpack a little bit from like the nutrition standpoint of how 
I don't think a lot of us even realize how profound our gut is like the second, the second brain, like we just don't grow up learning these things. So can you kind of walk us through the physiology and how nutrition has so profoundly impacted your life and your clients' lives? Absolutely. I mean, um, even in 2019, they came out with a study because they were finding that people that were in other countries that didn't have um, access to westernized food, so to say, were starting to get issues like um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease and IBS because of the food additives that are in our food and how much they disrupt the microbiome that the microbiome that's in our our gut that you know kind of is the second brain um the connection between the two is i don't think i don't think i really understood it either until i went to uh, school to be a health coach and i i heard this woman speak about how she had been um tested for over 10 years for celiac and having all of these issues and, you know, taking all of these medications and all psych stuff. And it was literally me without the celiac, mine's non-celiac, but I mean, it was literally like me, but it was a speaker in my course. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the right place. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more prevalent than people realize, I think. Um, when your gut's inflamed and it's not working properly, you can't, uh, you know, absorb the nutrients that you're supposed to. So you may not be getting all of the B vitamins that you think that you're eating, even if you're taking a multivitamin, which that can have profound effects on your psyche. Like if you're prone to being anxious anyways, that's not going to help the situation at all. Magnesium is huge for over 500 different, um, you know, different processes in the body. And if you're not getting enough of it or your body's not absorbing it properly, then you're going to be missing out on a lot of things that are critical to keeping your mental sanity. It's uh, the natural muscle relaxer. It helps to calm people down. It's great for um, mental health, heart health. It's it's a, a fabulous um, nutrient that you know most of the Americans are deficient in, unfortunately. Um and then it goes into the cofactors of, you know, vitamin B and magnesium and, you know, zinc to make sure that your stomach's working properly, having enough stomach acid to make sure that you're digesting your food properly and actually able to assimilate everything as well. Um, and if you're eating foods that are super inflammatory, uh, most recently people are, you know, talking about seed oils and how inflammatory those are. But also, I mean, I think everybody knows that eating fast food is also very inflammatory as well. Um, things like that, but just it affects not just your gut because you have neurotransmitters in your gut that relay information to your brain. And if your gut's all inflamed, it's going to relay inflammation to your brain. And if your gut stays inflamed for a very long time, then it's going to become systemic. And then your whole body's going to get inflamed. And then you're, you're, you're quite possible going to get an autoimmune disease or maybe even a diagnosis like I did. Um, with, with the bipolar too. So it's, it's, it's really a big thing. And I, I wish people were more aware of it. I, I like to 
tell people what's going on with me so that they can take whatever information I give them and utilize it however they want. Like, hey, this is what worked for me. Hey, this is what happened with me. Maybe this is something that you relate to or, you know, you know somebody that can relate to it. Um, so I just kind of spread the word on that. And um, as far as the mechanics of it, it's just... I mean, people, they think, oh, I'm going to have pizza and I'll, I might break out and they don't even think about like, oh, but I might feel like crap the next day or get angry. Like I, I was telling you before in our previous conversation about corn rage, which is a whole nother thing and actually happens to me. Did you look it up? No, but I told my husband about it. I was like, <laughs> did you know this is an actual thing? Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. So, um, corn rage is a real thing and it happens to me and, um, it happens to a lot of people actually. And there's corn in everything in hidden ingredients that you don't even think about like dextrose or maltodextrin. And you're like looking at ingredients on chips. Why would you think if they are on potato chips, why would, you know, but there it's so prolific and so many people have this issue and they aren't even aware. And then you think about what's going on with, uh, the youth in our day now and, and all the food additives and the food dyes and how affected they are by it. And then we're medicating them for that when that may not necessarily be what they need. Maybe they need to kind of tone down the inflammatory things that are in their diet to kind of tone down the inflammation in their body so that their, their brain can work properly and their body can utilize the nutrients that they are eating. So what would you tell someone, say they're listening to this and for the first time in their whole entire lives, they've heard, oh my gosh, anti-inflammatory diets could actually be impacting my mental health a lot more than I realized. Where, where would one start? I know you talk about elimination, but where would someone start today if they wanted to start taking steps forward? So the best thing that I recommend to people if they want to start doing something is to start eating real whole food. So when you go to the grocery store, try to shop around the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where you're going to find your fruits, your vegetables, your and other produce and um, meat if you eat it. But um, the processed food is in the aisles in the middle because it doesn't need to be refrigerated or, you know, it doesn't go bad quickly. So that stuff can sit on the shelves. And um, like I said, the preservatives <laughs> are also disrupting the gut microbiome. So it's, you know, you if you're trying to do it, the best thing that you can start off doing is to just start shopping um, you know, the perimeter, eating whole foods, trying to limit how much you eat out. And um, I, I, you know, tell my clients, I usually have them start off with doing a food diary, just to kind of see and start learning, hey, this is how my body reacts to certain foods. So they can be more aware of what their body is telling them, because a lot of people, they don't even realize these things. And they're kind of out of touch with it. I know I was, you know, and I, I had no idea that, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be eating that. And, oh, that's why I'm having these problems. And it wasn't until I eliminated things and started, you know, doing the diary that I was like, hmm, okay, this is, this is this, and this is this. And, uh, you know, to this day, if I have gluten, I, I get like, because I don't have it on the regular, I it is absolutely noticeable when I have it. And it's like, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. We just lost a whole day. That was a bad idea. You just don't feel well. 
Uh, no, like I get a migraine um, and vertigo and digestive issues. And yeah, yeah. So What's your take on me and dairy. So of course you're, you know, you don't do dairy, but what's your take like just from a general perspective? Well, I do do dairy, but very limited. And the dairy that I buy is actually, it's not legal in my state. So I drive to Massachusetts for it, but um, I buy raw dairy. I think that having food as close to the source and buying from um, farmers or a CSA, somebody that you know how the meat was processed or how the, the milk and dairy was processed, um, I think that's really important because the factory farmed meat isn't um doesn't have the same quality and it can be inflammatory um but i think when you have good sources that are quality you know they have more um they have more nutrients in them they the it's it's terrible but when i was pregnant i i couldn't eat <laughs> i couldn't eat pork anymore and my reason was because i was like i can taste the tears is what i told my husband oh my God. Time. i was like i can't do it and like to this day i'm kind of like mm, i don't know about pork like you know i just yeah. don't it's not the first thing i go for these days yeah. um but because we would buy you know the smithfield and it, not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you can afford, but, um, you know, I think if you could not have a Starbucks or a coffee every day, maybe make it at home for a week or two out of the month and then go and buy more quality meats, that'll really serve you well. Yeah. I love that. So let me ask you this. What do you feel like is your superpower? Um, being authentic like radically so maybe very uncomfortable people have told me that I'm awkward I'm like well it's me <laughs> they're like oh my god you're so awkward I'm like I know but we all are and I just, I just so well me too. <laughs> like as soon as I met you I'm like I love her like I just feel like I connect with you you're just easy to know like you're yeah. easy to get along with yeah so if that's if that is awkward, then we'll take it. Authentically awkward. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, okay. And then what about, what would you tell, like knowing what you know now? So what would you tell the girl who was going through this like hardship in her life? And after finding your boyfriend and like, really, like if you were to speak to her, that girl, what would you tell her? Uh, well, first off, I would give her a big, big hug for as long as she needed. And I would let her know that it's not her fault, which she already knew. Um, but, you know, just to kind of re reaffirm that and, um, let her know that she's not alone mm -hmm. and that she, that there, that as terrible as that was, that it served a greater purpose because it made, it was, it was a part of my story and helped me to make me who I am today. And if that hadn't happened, I don't know where I would be. I don't know if I would be in this spot right now and where I am now, as terrible as some of the things in my past have been, I wouldn't change that if that meant that I couldn't be where I am now. Mm, yes. 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 
it's wild. This has been like the same conversation that's been coming up because, you know, I don't know that anybody gets out of this life without, without skinned knees, you know, sometimes life can really just rock your world and knock you to your knees. But one of the conversations that's been coming up a lot in this podcast is like, man, that, that made me, you know, those hardships, like that was like the catapult. That was the, that's where I, my life actually started on the other side of those like really challenging times. Yeah. It's it's kind of like an arrow where you're like, you know, you're being pulled back, pulled back. And then all of a sudden you get shot forward and it's like that, whatever, you know, circumstance or event happened, that was like the catalyst to bring you to where the next step or whatever. Yeah. So cool. So if you could have like a change, like if you could make a change in, in like the food or the nutrition or the education or like for, for younger generations, for kids, like what would be like your wish? Would it be taught in schools? Would this be common knowledge in homes? Would you, what would be your wish? Do I have to pick just one? Nope. You don't. <laughs> There's no rules here. Um, so my wish would be that, um, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know what health class is like now. I know what it was like when I was going through school, like over 30 years ago. <laughs> so I mean, the food's even changed since then. Um, I, I, I wish people, I wish knowing the body is very helpful. I think knowing the the nutritional aspect of it, because even doctors don't get a lot of schooling in that, which is why there's such a need for health coaches and, um, you know, wellness people, because doctors are more focused on uh, helping people that, you know, have an acute issue as opposed to just, oh, my gut's off. Well, that, that I can't really, like, there's not a lot. If it doesn't flag on a test, I can't really help you mm-hmm. kind of thing, or at least that's how, that was my personal experience. So learning stuff, I think, in school, and then also um, having the food be the same at the bare minimum as what, like, you know, was in other countries, you know, ma- ma- macaroni and cheese is different here. The label's are completely different here than they are in the EU because a lot of the stuff that we have in our food here is banned over there. And it's kind of like the company's already making it for that. Why are we poisoning ourselves? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a change in that, please. So I, yeah. you know, that's been something that I've been passionate about since uh my late 20s when I started my own digestive issues and then realizing like how much, uh, you know, glyphosate and other herbicides are really kind of also detrimental to our guts as well. And being like, okay, so I need to start eating, um, you know, more organic food. And if you can't eat solely organic, then to do like, you know, just eat the clean versions of foods. There's a list that's the dirty dozen that comes out, which is like the most um, pesticide the most foods that have the most, I don't know how to phrase this, the, the foods that have the most oh, pesticides on them. <laughs> yeah. they, they, that's the dirty dozen and they update it every year. Um, 
you know, strawberries, kale, spinach, they're usually high on there. Unfortunately, apples as well, sometimes are on there too. So, you know, if you can just even eat the organic versions of that, and sometimes fresh isn't always the easiest to get. And so if you can't or get fresh or you can't afford fresh, even if you just get, you know, the frozen version of it, that's even better. So, um, you know, I think, those two things would be my my biggest takeaways to have it taught in school so that kids would be more aware of how their like foods feel in their bodies and like hey i eat this and then i feel like this i eat this and then i feel like this having mm -hmm. you know pancakes in the morning may feel good in my belly when i'm eating them and like in my mouth but you know then later on i'm having a crash instead yeah. of when i'm having you know protein or you know something healthier that actually is going to sustain me for a while. And then I don't necessarily have the crash before lunch and stuff and just kind of keeping your blood sugar even. I think that information is really important. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but did I ever tell you that I thought I was allergic to church? Did I tell no. you? Oh my gosh. So my mom would bribe me to go to church on Sunday, Sunday mass. And so after mass, we would go to, there were, was Burger King and McDonald's beside each other. Yeah. I was extra good in like catechism, CCD. Then I'd get to get the croissant, which from Burger King and the hash brown from McDonald's, right? Like this is how I grew up with an orange juice. So every Sunday when I'd leave, I remember having to put the, the seat back. I felt terrible. And of course, we didn't know about nutrition. My mom obviously didn't know or she wouldn't have done it. But I always felt exhausted and tired. And I was like, every time I go to that place, I didn't use the word allergic, but I remember thinking like every time I go to that place, I no connection of food. It was to church. Every time we come home, I never feel good. And so like growing up, I was like, I think I'm allergic to church. Like I didn't like how I felt after church every Sunday and come to find out it was my nutrition. And so- yeah, but like I knew, but I didn't know, right? Like yeah. we intuitively know how our body feels. It doesn't feel good. It feels lethargic. I feel tired. I don't feel good. Never making the connection of our nutrition. And so this is why I love your work. This is why I want you part of CAPE because I'm like, will you teach all future generations this? <laughs> Kate, where can people find you? Um, people can find me on my Instagram at integrate period with period Kate, as well as on my website, it's integrate with Kate.net. I feel like I want every person in this world to know you and to have access to your coaching and to your mentorship and everything you do. Cause it's just, it's so cool. And it's so profound. And I, I honestly genuinely feel like you save lives, like knowing this connection between, I mean, the mental health world and struggles that people are having right now. And um, I really feel like you're offering a survival guide in many ways for people who just don't know another path. So I feel honored and grateful to know you. I hope we share your work a lot more times and thank you for being you and for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for our conversation, Angie. It was a pleasure. Love it. Thank you.